Unspoken with help is on the way. I'm Victory 91.5. That's what you're talking about. That's the whole message. <laughs> Actually is. That's a good word for it, isn't it? Yeah, the day of atonement. The fact that he sent the help that we were crying out for. We didn't even realize that, you know, our spirit was crying out for salvation. You know, we said earlier, atonement. Uh, somebody said at one time it's at one mint. In other words, we're separated from God. We need to be brought back and to become one again, which means we can't think our thoughts. We can't have our opinions. You know, it's, it's one thing to have opinions, but it's another thing to have your own truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets us in trouble is we don't stop to uh, hear the voice of God. We get used so, so used to the voice of man, our own voices, the both the voice of Satan. And we just get used to that. And, and we're all drawn away into sin. It's just what happens. And the Day of Atonement is all about that. We get Passover. Passover is all about the death and resurrection of Jesus. The Day of Atonement, though, is that other part. It's what is our part in our salvation? It is to receive him. It is to walk in, in faith. It is to walk in yes. obedience. It's to rest and it's to fast. Those two things are the main ideas of of the Day of Atonement. It's to rest from our labors, trying to work out our salvation or doing righteous things, being a certain way. And it's to uh, fast as well, to put all of our hope in, in God and to not, uh, you know, continue to press into things. So this is the last one for the Day of Atonement. I'm going to wrap it all up with the cycles of history, the deep darkness. This, oddly enough, I talked about some last year as we were going into the year, so I thought we'd uh, kind of end this last year, getting ready for the Day of Atonement by looking back at the what has truly been for every nation in the world of a, a year of very deep darkness. So... And Rosh Hashanah, which was just a week ago, because Sunday night will be, again, the Day of Atonement all the way through Monday evening. And I'll put all of this on our blog and on our podcast as soon, you know, by this afternoon. But so that is God at creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. So that's God at creation. The Day of Atonement is God establishing order. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And it says, that's in Genesis and Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. So the spiritual climate in our country, the United States, and the world, and the clear divide of light and darkness is getting very easy to see. So go back to Ezekiel 28. Look for the fallen and cast to the ground. This is the description of Lucifer's fall. You are the anointed cherub who covers. You were, and that word is the anointing right there. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. You became filled with violence within. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. You have become a horror. Ironically, if you go back in history, not just biblical history, but the study of the giants that uh, that Israel had to deal with in the Promised Land, the Canaanites, the Amorites, the other nations around them called them horrors, and they were the fallen angels. So it kind of lines up on the earth as well. So the rest of that, Matthew 22. Then the king said to the servants, bind him in hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So all those aspects of darkness there. So deep darkness, 
What is it that defines the presence of these fallen angels or demons? It's not just sin. Iniquity was found in you. It's corruption, debauchery, depravity, immorality. It's a violent pursuit of evil, filled with violence within. It's hatred and rage without logic. Its agenda is to defile, to defile authority and terrify. It's corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. It's life's thoughts, emotions, passions, all trapped in darkness, defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. You've become a horror. So you can sum it up like this. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So in this sense, demons no longer resemble their old angelic selves if we're just speaking of them themselves. They can appear as angels of light, but they're defiled in darkness, corrupted and in agony. Likewise, when they possess or oppress, we can take on that same nature when they are oppressing us, especially the confusion and disorientation from darkness, agonizing and even weeping about temporal things and the anger and rage of gnashing teeth. And I think if even if you just watched the news over the last year, you've seen that in the streets. That is a perfect description of what's happened. And so who has been pouring out in 2020, uh, regardless of what they've said their agenda is, it's been darkness and nothing but darkness. Now listen to Moses's pre-battle speech to Israel and Joshua, because you know, after so much darkness, you know, sometimes we shield our eyes if we think the light is coming. And I think a lot of us in this next year are gonna be used in mighty ways. But the first thing we have to do is realize that that light, yeah, it's gonna be bright. And we may have to blink and blink and blink, but it's so important. So listen to this speech from Moses. Then Moses went and spoke to these words to all Israel, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Guess what? Be strong and of good courage. Then he says it a third time. Now, listen to God's pre-battle speech to Joshua. After the death of Moses, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now listen to Israel's response to Joshua's pre-battle speech. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, telling them to get ready to go in. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Only be strong and of good courage. So, boy, they have that, that phrase pretty well down. So that phrase is kazakamats. Be strong and courageous. Kazakamats. Kazak means to be strong, to stand firm, to hold your ground, to withstand, to prevail. Now, amats means to be courageous. Now, it's an unwavering confidence of victory, regardless of the odds or impossibilities. So, Kazakh Amats is being tenacious and zealous with a spiritual boldness and an audacity that can only come from the Holy Spirit. And then there's the flip side. Caleb spoke up when Israel refused to enter the promised land. Let us go up at once and take possession, for well, we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him, the other ten spies, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. In other words, they said they're more Kazakamas than us. Caleb and Joshua stood their ground, <laughs> all Kazakamas. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. 
What did God give them for 40 years in the desert? <laughs> he gave them bread. It was his gift to them every day. But only Caleb realized it for what it was, a picture of how God would supply for our every need. Giants didn't scare him any more than the thought of starving or going thirsty. God had proved himself to Caleb. He knew the bread was there. He was just looking for the gravy. See, the harvest is ready. We are the church, the hands of Jesus to the world, and we have an enemy whose sole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And God has empowered up and equipped us to face this enemy and push his forces back. Our purpose is to demonstrate his power and his glory to go out and rescue the lost from the powers of darkness that imprison them. And so I just want to challenge you as we get ready for this uh, Day of Atonement, Sunday night through Monday, I do challenge you to fast. I challenge you to rest. challenge you to be still as to the degree that you can. I know everybody can't do that in their jobs, but if you have that ability to do that and to be, Kazakamans, to, to be strong and courageous and to realize that no matter how dark the situation, no matter if you look in the streets, maybe you live in a big city and it's just out of control and you can't imagine things turning, you just can't have hope. The hope we have is in the Lord. That is the whole message of the Day of Atonement. It's not in that we could step into a street and protest. It's that God will bring justice for us. It's that he will do these things. And the same thing going, doesn't matter how many people bring darkness. Darkness is never, ever, ever driven out light. Light always drives out darkness. And the season is coming for that because you've arrived at 5781. We're about eight days into it right now. And I promise, uh, as I understand and uh, everything that I've ever walked in with God, the best is yet to come. And that what's, is what makes the uh, Day of Atonement so exciting. Be back next Friday, and we'll talk about the Feast of Tabernacles. And then the next week, I'll be back every morning because it'll be which is typical on Feast of Tabernacles when we usually have Victory Partner Days. And so we got some great prizes and fun. And so I'll get to hang out with you and have a yeah. whole lot of cups of coffee with Corey uh, that week. So. You're making me so hungry talking about gravy. I'm like over here like now I'm, actu- I'm actually going to go get some gravy <laughs> right now. I was looking at the menu of a place close to here. And I was going, hmm. So I was ready for uh, Caleb right there. We'll so. carve up before Sunday, before fasting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have to fill up first.